On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, we're in for a long one. A long weekend, that is. And you deserve to spend it on the couch with a glass of something good. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered quickly. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. You wanted the best! Well, they didn't fucking make it! So here's what you get! Rock's not dead. It's hiding. And you found it. Well done. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to rip it up? Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you ready to dig it up? Are you ready to dance? Are you ready to hit the floor? Are you ready? Are you ready? Because if you're ready, Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, Luce Cannon, along with the refuted Baco. How are you, sir? I am well, my friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm not sure if that's grammatically correct, but how does it feel to be refuted? I'm not going to lie to you, Luce. It feels, uh, it feels quotidian. Mm. Erroneous. All right. Let's, let's continue on here. <laughs> so what would you like to, to talk about? You've got, you have the floor. You're so oh, close. I- Let's talk about the Holodio. Did you see the Holodio? I have not seen it. I saw the article, which I immediately put on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Cobras and Fire. And uh, it is pretty much my dream come true for anybody to put a hologram <laughs> on stage. And I want to know more about it. I have not seen it. Tell me more. Well, of course, when I first heard about it, I immediately thought of my co-host and my compadre. And, of course, as I like to call you. The Godfather of the Covers and Fire. Um, why, why do I like holograms so much? Maybe, I, maybe you should. I, well, you talk about them a lot. You think it's an easy way for um, bands that are aging or want to replace members to keep the current lineup and in somewhat intact. So yes, like like I, like we came up with our theory about the the better options than having Axl Rose front ACDC, <laughs> yeah. which, that was, which but that was like one of like those the, the what now. That was like the hundredth time you mentioned a hologram. It I mean, is, but 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 now that I'm thinking about this more, I mean, think about this though. ACDC, you've got, you could do everything. You could have both Bon Scott and you could have, you know, Brian <laughs> Johnson, um, both on stage. You could do both eras, and then you could have Axl Rose live too, and they could all do like the snake dance at the same time. And, and only you, two of them are dead. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. No. <laughs> well, huh. Which are the two? That is true. 
But yeah, man, holograms way the future. I think we should just 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 keep hologramming the Ugh. fuck out of vintage rock bands. Continue. Tell me more about it. Well, I finally got to see like some quality video of it, and uh, let's just let me just get this out there. I'm, it's going to be a point of contention with us. I am officially against the hologram. I've not seen it live. It's only in my mind that I think it would be wonderful. Well, I mean, the, the I, I don't have a big problem with your u- utopian view of how, the, <laughs> how it could be used, but how it was used um, is pretty fucked up, man. Um, yeah, first of all, let's remember that Ronnie James Dio is no longer among the living. Yes. Um, so this was at Wacken, that big uh, German, whatever, three-day super metal fest. Yeah, yeah um, of course. And, it, and of course... Uh, spelled spelled and, in the English way of Wacken. Wacken, yes. Um, and, and it's Dio Disciples, which is like not the original band, but guys who may have played with Dio at some point, but not necessarily. Does it have the dude from, from Def Leppard that hates, the Dio hates? No, no, no. That's uh, He has a different Dio tribute. Okay. That's the last in line, I think they're called. Okay. Anyway, um, so I saw the video, and uh, they, they played We Rock. Are you familiar with the song? Yeah, it's not his best. Anyway, it's a live video. It's a live uh, audio feed of him singing it, right? He's got about an eight-foot left-to-right um, hologram space that he uses. And it must be because you can't see the hologram if there's stage lights. The entire stage was black. So when they show the close-up, you can kind of see this kind of creepy hologram thing. And when they show the crowd shot, you can't even tell where the stage is. Uh, and so that, that's kind of off-putting that you're there, and it's like, first of all, why is Last in Line a band that's playing so late at night that it's dark enough to use a hologram, apparently? Because apparently that matters. And it got really fucked up loose when it got to the point where he's like, you know, you know that where they put the mic out to the crowd for them to sing? Right. And he's like, he's like, what do we do? And he puts the mic out, and it is dead silent because i'm pretty sure just like me the crowd was going what the fuck's going on <laughs> but and then he my... walks the four feet that he can go to the left and goes i can't hear you and it's like we're not fucking people we're not Haley joel osman in signs you're fucking dead we don't <laughs> see dead people this is fucking creepy as shit but here but here's my no question. more. Uh, Shut it off. Stop it. I don't want to hear this anymore. Uh, I, I, I didn't like the idea of this dumb tribute band to begin with. And this is even more fucked up. But my He's question is... dead. Hold, hold on for a second. Is, it, is the hologram footage of him, I assume, just playing a random live concert that they've... You know, I, I don't I, I don't have the answer to that. My guess is, uh, no, it's not. That I think it's it's more like a video game where they basically took the movement and patterns and then like fixed it to what they needed it to do, and they used uh, an actual audio of him singing, um, and then the band the band played live behind him. Right. Um, well, I mean, and it, it was gross. Yeah. It, it was it, it was inappropriate. It. I mean. There were children there, loose. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I <laughs> as the song as the song went on, though, did he slowly get bigger and taller and much like? Did he go from like four, <laughs> four foot five and just keep going to like ten feet tall? And then his eyes turn red and fucking lasers shoot out on the audience and shit like that. He's like Super Dio. Was it? Did that happen? 
No. Because that not. is a lost fucking opportunity. So that's what I'm talking about. See, the hologram has to be respected and used in an effective manner. That is a fucked up thing they did. I would take... Don't like, respect the dead. Respect yes. the hologram. Respect the hologram. If you're going to have Dio, you want to have Dio as he would want to be on Earth. And that is a taller motherfucker. And just keep <laughs> getting bigger and bigger and more... More evil, and to become, and, and to, 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 he needs to morph into the dragon and, and, that he always wanted to be. He needs to try, have the sword come out, and like there should be wars on stage. There's a lot of shit they're missing here, Baco. <sighs> anyway, sometime that they'll be able to perfect this. This is just the first stage. Okay, Daddy, you asshole! I don't want to see what looks like a fucking animated corpse on stage asking me why I he can't hear me. Think of all the. You things know why he can't hear me? Because he's fucking dead. Think of all the things he could have done on stage if he was a hologram, <laughs> live. Uh, uh, you, know, you, know he, you know what he can't do? What? Throw meat. <laughs> it is hard for a hologram to throw meat. I'll tell you that much. So can't find Jesus either. Nope. And you'll have to listen you to the other episode to understand that reference. You find disc. a hologram backstage with a bucket of raw meat going, what am I doing with my life? That's right. See, that's from the uh, artificial intelligence. There's a lot of different levels to this. Yeah. But, but, and then, then the hologram starts writing original music and stuff like that. It's, there's, a lot, there's a lot that can be done. Do not, this, this is just the first. This is like version 1.0.
move on and that is to what up till 24 hours ago was the holy grail jesus the holy grail of albums for me and, and what i mean by that is just something that i could never get my hands on but i always heard was so amazing and you know it inspired a major band Oh, oh, Paul, ooh. Paul, over here, Paul. He's not Paul's not even looking at me. People, Paul, Paul. People, do you know? Do you know what, what album I'm talking about? We're not talking about Lickalotopus. We're not talking about Lickalotopus. What we are talking about is the scream with the album "Let It Scream." Correct. Correct. And who's the lead singer of that band? Oh, the one and only. Um, the masturbatory aid vocally, John Karabi. Now, John Karabi, as I've mentioned before, love Motley's 94 album. Great album. Love his vocals. And when this, when that album first came out, and then subsequently, I, I uh, do you own the Union albums? Or at least one, or, one of them? Two of them? Uh, yeah, I have the, the, the two studio albums. Okay. I don't have the live one. Okay. And that, tr- that good transition there, because... The, the kind of goes to the same type of thing, and obviously, Karabi is now the lead singer of Dead Daisies, which has just had an album come out, which is pretty damn solid again, and uh, just a great straight up rock record. And I will say that uh, one of the things that, that I was so interested about hearing that I never heard this album that you had and, and shared with me is the fact that I heard a song called uh, Man the Moon. Mm-hmm. on their Live at the Galaxy album, the Union's Live at the Galaxy, which came out in like, I don't know, let's call it 2000. Um, after yeah, something like that. Their, their two studio albums. And I was like, what is this song? It's not on either of the Union albums. They make no reference to the fact that it's an old Scream song, but it was like my my favorite song on the album. But it was a live version. It had some kind of like goofy stuff going on. It wasn't the best recording. Have you ever heard that album, by the way? No. Okay. Pretty solid, because they do some Carnival Souls songs. They do... Scream, they do Union, and they do Motley, the 94 stuff. So it's kind of a really pretty cool blend all with uh, uh, Bruce Kulik. So, oh, now I need to get my hands on it. But anyway, going back to the album, there's, I think it's solid. I think it's, uh, but I will tell you this. I kind of think about Karabi, I think now, and I will say this is a very rare thing for anybody to say, I think Karabi's voice now is better than it ever has been. Um, uh, on this album, I think he's almost like, 
the first Aerosmith album with Steven Tyler, where he's he's got his voice, but there's only yeah, a, a couple that's not songs. A way to put it. There's only a couple songs where he's really the John Crabby that that I that I love his vocals on, and that is in the um, Outlaw, great fucking song, but it's not a vocal performance that I would uh, say that is the the fucking man. Like he's just he's just he's there. He's just not there like he is now. The um, the song that I think is awesome too is Never Loved Her Anyway, which um, has definitely some Beatle influence to it. Mm-hmm. And again, this is only 24 hours of me taking it in. And the one I am going to feature because I cannot find a song that I like better on it. And that is uh, the song that I've liked for years and never heard mm. the original, which I'm about to f- uh, feature, which is Man and Moon. Great song.
That was Man on the Moon by The Scream featuring John Karabi. And the latest album, Dead by the Dead Daisies, called Make Some Noise. My two favorite tracks. Check them out. We'll probably feature them on a show in the future. But uh, track three, Song and a Prayer. And Last Time I Saw the Sun. Those are my two favorites. And they also have a kick-ass cover of Fortunate Sun on there, too. It just... Uh, incredible guitar, just a rocked out version of that track. And I know you're not a covers guy, but I think you're going to like that one. It ain't me. <laughs> it ain't me. All right. So what you got? We're going to go back to the glory hole. Well, this band doesn't really fit a whole lot of what we do. Um, okay. The singer has also done a lot of different stuff that I like a lot. And we have talked about it, but never featured any music by any of his groups. Um, any, any and they recently uh, reunited. Dokken. <laughs> well, I do like Dokken. I wouldn't say they're one of my favorites, <laughs> unless it was 1987. I do. Just a quick comment on the Dokken thing. Is it really a Dokken fever pitch in Japan? I don't get that. Like, they do a reunion, and they have like, six dates in Japan, and that's it. They're just waiting. But it's not that band. So what's what, just give it to me. No, that is... Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's a Misfits. Oh, yes, of course. You know, you've played... We've featured Danzig before. When? We did... Um, the one where I made fun Di- of Danzig. No, we did uh, Die My Darling. You played, like, a Metallica cover. <laughs> I know, but you, you mentioned... You said, here's... Die, Die, My Darling, and I played it. No, today we're going to feature the actual band. There's a song by the Misfits that uh, isn't always covered by Metallica or (laughs) any other thing. It's a song called Children in Heat. Have you heard it? I have not, but I'm looking forward to hearing it. I do like some some Misfits, so go ahead. On the upside, it's short. Yes, it's uh, probably a minute and 45 seconds.
the entire headliner for this uh, fest called Riot Fest. That's Riot uh, Fest. Yeah, yeah. Right there's the one in, for me. There's one. I, yeah, you fucking asshole. Go. <laughs> the rest of the lineup is for shit. Yeah, just show up late. See the misfits. Say uh, I don't. Get why, I don't understand why you like them, Baco, and then go home. <laughs> that was uh, ninety dollars for that set. <laughs> Yeah, well, if I lived there, I'd be there. And if I felt like driving eight hours, I'd be at the Chicago one. Yeah, sure. All right, well, we're going to do a little punk twofer here. And that is, you know... uh, Punk? Punk bands uh, are very miss very very few times hit for me. and uh, But one of them that's always crept through and I own about... It's Green Day, isn't it? No. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I do have I do have some Green Day, but one of them that, that has stuck with me for I think I have five five or six albums by them, and uh, I was actually talking to facts. No, I was hold talking, on, like, give me one more guess. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. It's not, um, it's not yeah, that hard. Uh, I, I think God, I can't remember the name. Go ahead, whatever. All right. Well, this band uh, puts out an album almost every two years consistently. They've been around I think since '86. Uh, and they just put out their latest album, just I think in um, 2014. But they kind of have it talking in front of the show, Rob, who's a much bigger fan of this band than I am. But they kind of do this thing where they do good album, terrible album, good album, terrible album. And it's cons- if you look at their their whole catalog, but the band is Bad Religion. Bukazi? Bad Religion. That was the one I couldn't think of, by the way. Yeah. So. In 1996, so right at the uh, cusp of the qualifications, they came out with an album called The Grey Race. And this is one of my favorites. The song is, and a lot of times with Bad Religion, the songs that are a little less punky, I guess, are the ones I really like. And that this is one of those songs that's just a straight-out rocker, and it's called The Streets of America. Oh, man. 
That was uh, Black Flag with uh, Avenues of Nebraska or something. Close whatever. enough. Punk, Close punk enough. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, punk. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Uh, what do you want to talk about? For, I don't actually mind Bad Religion, so I'm sorry I made fun of your band. <laughs> I, Great matter, pick, Liz. Love All it. All right. So continue. Well, let's talk about Rat, huh? Oh, absolutely. That's a hell of a transition. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to talk about? What about them? I, they're pretty good. <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, I'm, I'm sure you have a lot to say, but yeah, oh, yeah. And, and you will. The, the you know, obviously, I'm I'm quite aware, and we're both of us are amused as well as uh, everyone <laughs> about the whole Bobby Blotzer's rat deal. I mean, but, two, but before we get too ahead. far, are you and I possibly the only people on the planet that actually are kind of rooting for the train wreck? Oh, like, rooting! That's that's all I'm. Yeah, I don't think so. I think everybody in the world is. Oh, thank God! I mean. I don't want to pay money to see this band be good. No. I, I want to be disappointed and have them throw a fit, or I want something fucked up to happen, man. I'd, uh, the last thing I Why want... Why else would you go? ...is to spend $7 and find out they're not that bad. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. Is I'll, I'll back it up like this. You know, so for those that are uninitiated, which if you listen to this show, I don't see how you could yeah, be. Probably. But, but the, the fact is, is that... You know, about two plus years ago, Bobby Blotzer decided to do the Bobby Blotzer's Rat Experience uh, Superstar Extravaganza or whatever the fuck it was called. And then after that, he decided, "Fuck it, I'm just going to call it Rat." They got to he see did it. like three shows, okay. and like, and nobody came. And he's like, "Wait, uh, nobody's going to pay me for this." So anyway, so I'm going to just call it Rat. Okay, so then then it's just him. And then all new dudes, and then somehow we we should give his side of the story at least. This is Bobby's side of the story. The other guys in the band don't want to tour. Um, it it turns out this part is true. Bobby and Warren Demartini are the two owners of the business entity of Rat. Warren has not pissed away everything he's made, and Bobby had. <laughs> okay, but Bobby went out. Bobby wants to tour. And the, here's the reality is, is the other guys are okay with touring just without him. Steven Piercy quit because of some insensitive things that Bobby Blotzer said on multiple occasions on social media while drunk. And one of them involved his sister who died. Um, and, and that just was kind of the, the, the last straw, I think, as far as Steven Piercy was considered. Um, but, but at that point, he was legally out of any control of rats, so he just quit. Gotcha. Anyway, the whole thing is kind of fun, and it's a lot of fun to pay attention to. And Bobby Blotzer loves putting the stuff out there. He even like went as far as to like one of the guitar players who just quit, even though nobody knows what's going on. Bobby defended the fact that he hadn't paid the guy to people who didn't know he hadn't paid the guy. <laughs> He's an excellent businessman. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I mean, the whole thing is is that, that what's funny about this is that well, many things is, and you'll get to the, the next level of this in a second, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but to back it up, I, uh, amazingly, <laughs> in the last seven years, I've seen Rat three times. Nice. <laughs> and not Bobby Blatzer's Rat, but but like, uh, maybe it wasn't seven years ago, but whenever they did that like Poison Rat tour, like, uh, Jesus, I'm going to say it was 2007. It was like okay, $10 for a ticket. Was that Jizzy Pearl then? No, it was the original. It was 
Stephen Piercy. St- okay, all right. Stephen Piercy. Actually, Karabi was on guitar. Yeah, yeah. And, and everything like that. And it was, but I saw them, not good. And I saw them twice on that tour just because of the fact that it was $10 and it was two different towns and I was found it amusing. Um, I and, saw them in a bar with Jesse Pearl and they were amazing. Were they? And, and I talked to Bobby Blazer afterwards. Can you believe that? No. How, what did he say? Do you say at some so, point I will take, I will fucking get rid of all these people and tour by myself? <laughs> no, it was more along the lines of, hey, bro. <laughs> he was a bro guy? Yeah, and I was in the bar uh, after hours, so I didn't get to talk to them too long. And then I saw again this funny show in um, in Vegas at this uh, place that was that was Dokken, Rat, and Warrant, who didn't show up. So basically, shells of bands. All all, well, I guess Rat was the most closest from. Rat was fucking horrible. So all I can say about this is that that probably, like you said, you didn't you don't want to pay money to show up and then to be good. <laughs> I, I would tell you that they probably were better. I, it would not it would not surprise me if I saw them to be like, eh, eh, probably played better than. I mean, Piercy was terrible. I mean, it was just bad. And this is coming from somebody that that I, I liked him. You know what I mean? So well, I, I met Piercy last summer, and he was about to perform with uh, uh, Scrap Metal, which is what the Nelson brothers do. It's kind of like one of those Sin City Sinners things. Sure. Except for they never practice and the lineup (laughs) always changes and it was horrible. But, you know, to 50-year-old white people in northern Minnesota, it was awesome. But, but, Uh, but yeah, he came out and he was horrible and he was tuned up before the show, so. Yeah, well, before we get to the the final level here, I will say this too, is that what I was really hoping for you uh, when they come to town is Mm -hmm. that, like I told you, in in a... Same venue. Oh, right. Um, but when they come to town, that at some point during the show, Bobby always does a little stand-up routine. It's actually part of a set list. I saw it on their on their Facebook page where it has like the names of the songs, and then it just has one part that says Blotzer, <laughs> which is not a drum solo. It's whenever he comes out and starts talking to the crowd, validating how awesome they are and that the, the, they're doing justice to the I'm name. I'm so looking forward to this. I really hope they stay together long enough, okay. even if he just cobbles together but, just 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 pieces of, of, of musicians. Right. <laughs> and, like, arms and legs. <laughs> but it just probably gets there. Gets it just part of it. Because he's going to have nobody less. Because what? He had, like, what, uh, two people quit? But what I'm hoping is when he gets to your town, though, during that little routine that he does with Blotzer, the little Blotzer bit when he comes out, that he goes... Yeah. And he goes, people, do you know what Bobby's favorite dinosaur is? <laughs> Nicolotopus. That's Bobby's favorite dinosaur. I, I, here's, hope, he's, here's, I hope he does the whole buildup like, uh, do you like the like <laughs> Who here? But then when it gets to the punchline, he's like, a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> he fucks it up. He's like, oh, I like dinosaurs. I like I like Tyrannosaurus Rex. Actually, I like those Velociraptors. <laughs> Here's back for more off of Out of the Cellar.
All right. Um, well, this man's from Norway. Dare. Does that help you? Uh, nope. I would say the look and sound of this band is what anytime, um, I don't know if you want to call it Hollywood or movies or the media or television shows, like Steel Panther, let's uh-huh. put it that way. This band embodies the stereotype, not the reality, of hair metal. Uh, and this record came out in 1987. They had a song called 10,000 Lovers. Does that help you? It does not. Well, the band is called TNT. Do you know I've heard of TNT. I, I know the fact... The only reason I know about TNT actually is because of uh, the uh, singer's uh, temporary employment with Skid Row. Very good. That's the only reason. I've never heard anything by them, so I'm interested. Nothing in before that, that huh? No. Uh, I just, He's an it, amazing singer, and this is. is an amazing song, by the okay. way. Okay, okay. Um, well, off their uh, Tell No Tales record, which, by the way, their first two records, it, it, their first one was called uh, Knights of the New Thunder, and this one was called Tell No Tales. And in both those, if you uh, just abbreviate it out to the initials of the title, you get TNT. Oh, very, very, very clever. Yeah, there's also a local ACDC band called uh, TNT, um, but uh, don't tell this TNT about that TNT. <laughs> of course, that TNT. I'm going to hear from this TNT's lawyer. <laughs> so. and, th- and I think the singer that was in Skid Row, he's actually from New York. Yeah, yeah. The band is from uh, Norway, um, featuring Ronnie Latecro on uh, guitar, and I want to say Splavishluka on drums oh, and yeah. some good. other. Norwegian fucking sounding uh, Ikea name on bass. So the song is called Everyone's a Star, Luce. You're going to love it.
All right, so that was TNT with Dynamite Exploders. And, Great track. Uh, what was the name of that track again? That one's called Everyone, Everyone's a Star. Everyone's a Star. But TNT always... Featuring Schmeckle de Beckle on uh, <laughs> drums. <laughs> That's a proper name. Floyd <laughs> Slamagong. Oh, Norway. So anyway, so, you know, you hear TNT... The motherland... Yes. Go ahead, do your transition. God bless it. You hear TNT, obviously you're going to think of ACDC, and that's my pick. Oh, I was going to think of uh, uh, Wiley Coyote. That's Acme. He uses TNT, right? Oh, I guess he does. So anyway. He gets a... Anyway, so let me continue on this path, and that is <laughs> that uh, ACDC, hard to do a deep track from ACDC, right? I mean, what is really a deep track from one of the biggest bands, Correct. Yeah, uh, pretty much. I mean, we could do it, but that's because we're amazing. So yeah, we are. And so, but but the point is, is if if you took the average person off the street, uh, especially the Bond Scott era, people are going to know less of. But there's two of the worst. ACDC has two worst selling albums. Do you know them? And I'll give you a little hint. I hope you have a little bit. They are there's one actually from Bond Scott's era, and one that's from uh, Brian Johnson. All right, um, I'm gonna. Well, the Bon Scott one has got to be Power Age or Power Age or whatever. Yep. Uh, Brian Johnson. Um, well, it, it has to. I know Fly in the Wall was okay, so everything between Back and Black and there is a, in the safe zone. So I'm gonna go with. Well, not Rocker. Was it called Ball Breaker? Was that the name of the record? I'm pretty sure that didn't sell very well, but that's not the worst one. Okay, what is it? Flick of the switch. Oh really? Yeah, that was that was so close to Back in Black. You wouldn't think that. Well, think that would black, that would at least creep to like million or something. You'd have thought because right? then it, wasn't that like uh, Back in Black uh, for those about to rock and then and then click the switch, right? Click the switch and then then they went to uh, Fly on the Wall. So those, yeah, those, Fly on the Wall did pretty good. Uh, I think it did okay, but but the or you know yeah, the, well that was but well, they they didn't have Mutt Lang. They didn't. Uh, I don't think the label pushed it as much. Because uh, they weren't, they just kind of went. They just, like self-produced. Anyway, that's not the actual album I'm picking. But those you know, Mutt Lang, fuck Shania Twain. Pretty, pretty aware of that. <laughs> but thank you. And so, essentially, would you? How am I supposed to transition from there? <laughs> We're going back to this. The 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 main thing is is that I'm not picking flick of the switch, but that just happens to be a little factoid. Power Rage. Probably my favorite ACDC album. Um, if I was going to do a blend... Actually, Seriously? Yeah. Fucking love it. Uh, that one and... Um, Don Jameson there? That, if I did a, a blend of actually that and... Um, well... I'm a fan of blending things. Let There, let there Be Rock. If I was going to take those two albums and put them together. Oh, and, Let There Be Rock is... Oh, that's probably my favorite. Well, you know, they're, kind of the, they're kind of sister albums, if you want to think about it. And... Uh, I do like sisters. <laughs> so, so with that said, that the track I'm going to pick, and there's these are all winners on this album, and and actually this album I think is going to has Bon Scott's best lyrics too. By the way, there's a, uh, and he, he by far, I mean, come on, is a lyricist. Is there anybody? It's pretty easy to beat Brian Johnson <laughs> as far as as far as lyrics. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the lyrics on Back in Black almost give him a lifetime pass. 
You know why though? Because it's almost like a black. It's like a black visa. Well, I'm going to say that I think that most of those are written by Bon Scott. I, I don't think they are. I think they are. I think the main reason that, that Back in Black was such a great album is that the the majority of that so, that album was written with, and that they just never gave credit to. The, my conspiracy theory is that is that's why that's such a great fucking album is because they were coming off a of highway to hell. They had most of it, most of it done. At least the guts. There's been rumors about that forever, and that's why they never could equal it after that too. That's my theory. And that's why Brian Johnson's lyrics, for the most part, after that album sucked. So, anyway, my track is, after my conspiracy theory, is ACDC's classic that never was a classic, never played live that I've ever seen, and that is Down Payment Blues.
What you got on your end? Well, can I at least talk about the, my trip to Rock USA? Of course you can. Well, my feelings on the state of Wisconsin, I think, are pretty well known, except for that nobody knows who the hell I am. They're well documented. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Oshkosh. So you've, at some point in your life, been on the road, and there's been a semi that had cattle in it, right? Of course, how, that's pretty much uh, standard operating procedure in West Lafayette, Indiana. So Especially continues. in the Midwest, has it? Yes, yes. Anyway, uh, on, the, on a freeway, so let's make sure everybody understands where we're at. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the state of Wisconsin where I would think that uh, maybe the whole state knows that I hate them. Uh, anyway, we're just doing one of those slight veers next to a cattle car on, on, on a freeway. So we're kind of like veering towards the right. And they have these little slots on the sides that I assume are meant to be closed, and they weren't. And all of a sudden, all this shit and piss starts flying <laughs> out the side. You know, because gravity is, is now before? shifting as we slightly veer at 70 miles an hour together. Shit and piss of cows start <laughs> flying all over the front of my car. I don't know what to do. I start. I'm not even sure if this is really happening. They don't so teach not, that. They don't teach that in drivers. Yeah. Though. Do I drive faster or slower? I did both, and neither worked. Uh, it just ended up with my car being covered with shit as I'm running the windshield wipers back and forth, emptying all the blue juice. <laughs> and that, isn't, that, isn't that pretty much a, a perfect uh, summary of your experience at, at Rock USA? Um, the venue, my God, what a fucking train wreck. Um, 
we get there and and the, I, I show them what we're there for. They they know who I am. And can I they, can I jump in here real quick? Yep. Okay. So describe how many days is this fest? It's three days. Okay, so it's a three day fest. How many bands approximately? Thirty. Oh God, no. Um, let's see, fifteen, seventeen. So seventeen bands total over three days. Mm-hmm. Continue, one, please. One stage. We get in, and basically everybody knows what's going on, unless you don't drink. Uh, if you are drunk or getting drunk or selling booze to drunks, you know what was happening. It was really weird. It had kind of like a a small town kind of like a community feel to it. It wasn't like this is like this is fucking Slipknot, Alice in Chains. This is not, you know, Train and something like you know Smash Mouth. But let me jump in here though. That yeah. The, the fact that you told me, and I've been to these fests, which I have a love-hate relationship with. Sure. Now, the fact that they spread this over three days with one stage, and how long was the transitions between each band? 45 minutes. Oh, fuck that. I would be dead. They didn't even play music between them. That's they, insane. They occasionally played a commercial. You realize that's the same thing as inviting people over to a party, and then, then at some point in the party, just shutting the stereo off when things are getting going. <laughs> and, just, and everybody just fucking staring at each other for forty five minutes and then starting the party up again. That doesn't make yeah. any, that doesn't make any sense in any way, shape, or form. You know, I, I'm just going to summarize it this way. I'm going to wrap it up. Um, we were there. We got there, and it's two in the afternoon. I wanted a bottle of water, so I went up to like a food vendor because we couldn't find anybody that was just selling water. Um, <laughs> that's, that's and crazy. he said they're not allowed to sell water. I have to go to the alcohol tent. <laughs> So I went to the largest bar I've ever seen at a festival, and I sat in line for three minutes, and I could have gotten laid um, (laughs) because I was propositioned by one woman twice. (laughs) I should dig into that more, but I won't. Uh, The bartender comes up, and like I said, it was only about three minutes, but when the bartender came up, this woman who had already offered to have sex with me... um, (laughs) laid into her because of how long I had waited. And I'm like, I am not with her. Uh, I'm just trying to find a bottle of water. She's (laughs) like, I don't know where you can get one. Maybe over there? So it it took about an, I'm not kidding, about an hour to find out that you can only buy a bottle of water at the beer tent, which was not the alcohol tent, by the way. They have a separate tent for alcohol and a separate tent. Anyway. That's what I'm saying. When When you see these things, though, Three days, uh, major bands, renting out space, whatever like that. I mean, who is running the shit? Who who puts the, who invests all this money to have? We could run this better. Oh, definitely. Are you kidding me? And we know nothing about running a show. We yeah, and and we we all the complaints you and I have about AEG. This is like AEG's retarded sister. <laughs> it's time for the box of glory. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and then it's yours. So here's the last one. The glory hole is closed after... Well, this this is another local band, Loose. Does that help you? Jesus Chrysler. No, no. Mm. Um, hold on, hold on. Um, I think it is... He was featured on the single soundtrack? Nope. Hmm. 
A member so of the not, band so the dated Winona Ryder. Oh, okay. Awesome. A little Soul Asylum. Mm. And I'm going to say that this is either off of the uh, Misery album or the, the big one. Uh, Black, was it Black Old? Uh, Grave Dancers Union. Grave Dancers it's off Union. that one, yes. Okay, bring it. Well, uh, not, Grave Dancers Union was their big one, the one that kind of broke right. them. Mm-hmm. Um, it had all the runaway know, train, of course. Runaway train, black gold, somebody to shove. Yep. But this is old and deep. So you're gonna do? You're gonna go even previous to that? No, I'm playing some off this record. I mean, but it, it, I'm just saying it's deep. Okay. And, and of course, it it fits the old thing. There's a song on here I love called April Fool. Oh yeah. I was choosing between this and 99%, but I think April Fool. Yeah, Fool's yeah, 99% is another great one, too. That's a rocker. April Fool? April Fool.
Paco. Great pick. Little April Fools from Soul Asylum. I like this. We're bouncing all over the place and getting some some uh, tracks I have not heard. Yeah, in a man, long it's time. kind of fun, man. Absolutely, this has been a, a great couple episodes. What do you got though? You have to have something kind of cool coming up, right? I do, I do. And that, uh, but first, uh, kind of in a related story is, I just saw the Bullet Boys at a place called Herman's Hideaway, right down oh, the street. Oh, right on. Yeah, and they got uh, some press passes to it, and. Uh, it was a good show. I, I, you saw you kind of. I would have never even considered seeing him live until you told me about you know the fact that you saw him and, and of course uh, you had a little uh, bro time with Mark Torian. But, <laughs> yeah, but they were ago. good. They were good. How were they? They they were they were solid. Um, I will tell you, it was a it was a funny show because we <laughs> went to uh, it was a Tuesday night show. The show started at seven o'clock in the at night, and there was and this is way too many opening bands and uh, uh four opening bands of bands we, are we on the same page we both hate that i can't stand that i'm looking at that i'm like okay hold on for a second it's a tuesday people need to work you're putting four bands on stage prior to the headliner which means they are not getting on there and i i guessed i said i go they're not getting on stage until 10 30 or 11 o'clock that was my guess but um so Bull Boys hit the stage, and I was looking forward to seeing them from what you told me about that, that they were good live. And I got to tell you, I own one album by them. I own the, the first one self-titled with the apple with the bullet going through it just to make sure that you understood that it that was That one bull- and the new one is the uh, only ones worth having. But here's the thing I'll just say about, about them is that who the fuck told Mark Torian back in the day <laughs> to not play guitar? Oh, I know. Isn't it amazing? I, the guy's I a great asked him that in my interview. Like, why didn't you? Remember? I don't know if you recall that, but I was like, "You're really fucking good." He's great. Why weren't you playing guitar? Like, on the first, like, it, it turns out he probably was in the studio. He said, but he, he just, it was more of an image thing. Like, which is also why he was blonde and right. That's what I'm trying to say. Is that they they really I think handicapped him because. You know, I go back to that first album, and it, it's okay. There's some songs I like on it, but of course, it's got the little uh, David Lee Roth yelps. It's produced by Ted Templeton. It's definitely a Van Halen uh, framework. After I saw the show, I was like, I was really impressed. His voice sounded good, all that, and you know, good stage presence. A fun show. They were well rehearsed, tight. Musicianship was was spot on. And this is from somebody that's not really that big of a fan. I was really impressed.
pill for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't think you make a pill for that. Don't think you make a pill for that. Hi, 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 hi. Yeah. So, so anyway, so he was, he was solid. Um, but he, there are some funny bits. Is I, I know you want to hear. You yes. First off, I got a number. I think I had the first official number on stage. And, but this is the, you know how you say like the, the Mark Torian's biggest fan is Mark Torian, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I've never seen a band, uh, anybody do this on stage before. He got, he got up there and he goes like, first off, he goes, oh, I just want to thank everybody for coming out. I want to let you know because the place had dissipated a lot. As far as people in attendance, he goes, we've been playing the last couple of shows. It's been packed to the gills, people. Packed to the gills. All the last couple of shows. We've got shows coming up here. And I just want to say it's great. We've been selling tons of our new album. We just hit 25,000 sold. Gave a specific number. That's the number we've been looking for, right? Yeah, but because it was him, we can't believe it. Okay, but twenty five thousand for somebody to be on stage and say, "Oh yeah, I know where you're going with this." Now huh. it's like that's the number. That's the number twenty five thousand. And here's some breaking news. He said, "Also, we just got a contract with um, I can't remember the the name of the uh, huh Frontiers Frontier whatever it is for two more albums. Our Nick our new album's coming out in uh, February of two thousand seventeen. For those listening, here's a Frontiers record label deal." Um, you pay for the recording, <laughs> you pay for everything, they will distribute it. Is that how it works? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Frontier's record is pretty much just a uh, distribution deal. Okay. Um, I think you get a cut of the profits and the sales, but um, you, they don't give you any upfront money. So I thought that was interesting, but, but so there's that number we're talking about, like 25 to 50. Is, is a respectable number. So I after you said that, it reminded me I don't own Elefante. Like, I don't own the physical. So I went over to the merch table, and I said, I would like to buy a copy of Elefante. They said, we don't have any. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He said, we, 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 we forgot to bring them. That is so funny. So anyway, but this is the part that was the weirdest. Is at some point, and I don't know what song this was because I forget. It's a great story. Huh? I love this story. It, it, what? I'm literally pulled in. Keep going. <laughs> so at some point, there was some ballad that he was um, doing an intro for, for. And I don't know if he did this at your show. And if he did, this is very uncomfortable. You're watching the Bullet Boys. They're playing smooth up in you. They're playing hard as a rock. And all of a sudden, he transitions to going, who here believes in heaven? And everybody would go, whoo. And it was like, a little, like okay, we're getting a little, uh, uh, little deep here. He's like, that wasn't enough people. I got a lot of people that are dead and are in heaven. So I'm going to ask you again. Who here belongs, believes in heaven? Yeah, that's new. I, that's okay. not, the last two <laughs> shows I saw him. So. My, 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 my buddy Scott's like, this is getting a little weird. What's this guy talking about? He's like, like, is this hollow deal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, who believes in heaven? Uh, and I was like, my, my my whole thing is like, like, like I just thought it would be a great transition into smooth up India if that's what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the buildup. It was some like acoustical ballad he played real quick. Who believes in heaven? Anyway, enough about God. Here's smooth up India. But um, yeah, so it was a good show. But here's the, but going. Here's my transition, and this will be the last for the day, uh, for the show. <laughs> and that is that obviously. 
uh, Van Halen was a huge influence and, and definitely at least the, 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 you know, they had 10 Templeton on both that and freak show and, uh, Van Halen deep track. What, what, what's kind of a deeper album for Van Halen? Oh, Van, Van Halen three. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a terrible album by Van Halen. Okay. So, like, so you want to go probably more Roth era, right? Yes. Roth era. Um, Diver down, maybe, but I'm going to go fair warning. I, I don't know. I mean, the, 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 all those records sold like eight million copies or more, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's it's hard to do a deep one, but I'll say that that uh, you, you can find a deep track though. Yeah, I mean, Pop for Teacher would be my pick. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Van Halen's like Kiss is one of the first bands that I just bought the whole discography on, and actually bought it on on album and because I could buy them for like three bucks each at the store. And, and one of the two of them that I grabbed and, and definitely are my, one of my, two of my favorite albums by them are fair warning and woman and children first. And both of those albums, definitely not the most popular. I mean, unchained the only real single from fair warning. And um, can I piss off some Van Halen, uh, terrorists right now? Go ahead. Mean streets and unchained are two of the worst Van Halen songs ever. I'll give you Mean Streets. You're insane for Unchained. Love nope. Unchained. Sticking with it. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'm going with my deep track is one that pretty much, I think, uh, summarizes what makes Van Halen great. The The vocal harmonies, uh, just, the, just everything that makes Van Halen kick ass, and that is the last song off of Woman and Children First, in a simple rhyme. So 
and sing Birds against an icy sky And I heard bells ringing I think I heard an angel sigh She said Baco, I think we're exhausted. We've had a lot of old, a lot of deep, and a lot of ridiculous banter. So that was a, that was a long journey to do a total of ten songs each. Well, we've done it, my God! So I think we might have three episodes there. <laughs> we might. So I think it is about uh, two a.m. on your end. And remember, Rock's not dead; it's hiding, and you found it, drunk and exhausted. <laughs> Cobras and fire. Well done. Oh, my God. Goodbye, Baco. Good night. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom is dead. My mom is right there. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. 
From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.